This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. My name is Father Richard Kunst, and I'm with Deacon John Foucault. We're coming to you from the beautiful Diocese of Duluth on the shores of Lake Superior. Uh, wow, that was quite the uh, call-in segment. That was probably one of my favorite ones. It was we, fantastic. Yeah, a lot of good questions, and we hit the topics that got me, uh, you put a quarter in me and uh, uh, get going, and and uh, I have no problem uh, speaking my mind about stuff like that, because my mind, I like to say that my mind is shared with the mind of the church. I'd like to say that uh, I, I'm one and the same with the church, only because I love the church. So anyhow, uh, enough of my uh, opining. We have a very good friend of mine here on the air. I always like it when I have really close friends on the air, because... Uh, I like to see them get a little nervous, but uh, Father Ben Hadrich, Father Ben from the Diocese of Duluth, Minnesota. Father Ben, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Good to have you here Thank today. You so much. Why don't you it's tell us? A, be here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, my name again, Father Ben Hadrich. I grew up in McGregor, Minnesota. Had a great gift to discerning through my life. Back in the day, Father Rich Kuntz was on the member of the team back in the day. The vocation team. The vocation yeah. team, and it was very an honor to going through that process. And to study at St. John Vianney for two years. After my four years of studying math in St. Scholastica, then after there was two years at St. John Vianney to go to St. Paul Seminary for four years. I was then ordained in June 22nd, uh, 2012. And I was assigned with Father Rich, who was my pastor, and I was the assistant priest there for two years, which was very amazing to be there. And eventually up to International Falls for St. Thomas Aquinas. As pastor. About seven and a half years as a pastor, mm-hmm. correct. Mm-hmm. So I guess the, the most burning question I have is how much of a great influence your vocation director was on your first pastor was on your life? <laughs> decent. Oh, okay. Decent. 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 Oh. Nice rating. Decent. I like that. Decent. Yeah. Good answer. Yeah. Decent influence. <laughs> so, um, Father Ben, tell us a little bit about what drew you into the, the uh, priesthood and your vocation. My first call was just to be a teacher. Both my parents are teachers, health and physical education teacher in my life. And then I just really was drawn into with Jesus Christ kind of as a kind of a senior year in my high school level, kind of through the tech program in our diocese back in the day, kind of learning the first times of Eucharistic adoration, receiving the blood of Christ, and then going to kneel. And going to retreats, I was really enjoying with that. And eventually, kind of attracted by finding faith. Originally, my thought in St. Scholastica was for math teaching. And then as I kept going with the faith to be with kids and adults, to teach about Jesus Christ. So it was amazing to discern the process to become a Catholic priest. And then being, again, my first assignment with Father Rich, and then the next seven and a half years as a pastor in International Falls at St. Thomas Aquinas and St. Columban in Little Fork. So very beautiful about that call to teach of Jesus Christ, especially the Bible. Yes. Mm-hmm. So part. a little bit about your family background. Mm-hmm. Um, brothers, sisters? Two brothers. Two brothers, Younger okay. brothers. Younger I was, brothers. I was, I was the wise one. You were the wise one. <laughs> I was the wise one, one. Okay. of course. <laughs> yeah. right. Indeed yeah. and I. Yeah. Now, now, you're, uh, you know, I mean, newly ordained, uh, one of the most dynamic priests that I know. And, uh, Thank you. You uh, you go up to International Falls, your first pastorate. Mm-hmm. You're obviously you're very athletic. You're a, I always say you're a borderline elite runner in regards to your marathons, mm-hmm. your times, and stuff mm-hmm. like that, which really is right. true. Right. Uh, and then then all of a sudden you run into a buzzsaw. What was the buzzsaw? What what happened? And when when did it a, happen? That'd be a stroke. In, uh, August eighth, twenty twelve. 
2015, after a triathlon, I was doing in International Falls for a small, quick race. Towards the end of it, I was a little dizzy, a little headache. Took a little nap. Praise God, I was able to wake up from that nap. Then went to the hospital in the, in the International Falls. Got a little helicopter ride uh, to Duluth. And I had brain surgery there. And then some time in Miller Dwan for the recovery for f- exactly 40 days. Yeah, Miller Duan. Talk about biblical, exactly. right? Exactly. Very yeah. much so. Very much so on that. So, um, uh, of course, I was there with your family and right. a couple of other priests and the bishop, Bishop Serber exactly. at the time when yep. you were. Uh, his soul. Yep, when you were having your uh, brain surgery and the, right. the touch and go aspect mm. of that. And I, and I remember going in and I anointed you. It was a very moving experience Correct. for me. But uh, later, of course, you chewed me out for not giving you the apostolic pardon, but Correct. that's another yeah. story. <laughs> it is. So, it is so I, I, went into this, I went into this situation mm. like. Here's one of my best friends. Uh, I'm, I'm anointing him, and uh, you know I don't know if he's going to make it out of the surgery. Right, you know, very difficult. Maybe speak a little bit of that surgery because it was obviously a very, uh, remember, very dangerous. I remember one. the story about it. God rest his soul again. Bishop Paul Serba, Father Drew, my good friend, Father Rich, and they were actually deciding and thinking about the future for my funeral. Yep. Yeah, Father right. Drew and I stepped aside. Right. And we started talking. We wanted right. to get away from the family. Exactly. We started talking about your mm-hmm. your funeral. Yeah. Right. Yep. So tell us a little bit about the surgery and the stroke. So what was for the, the first one for? in particular? Yes, for the first one first in particular, stroke, yeah. So our uh, listeners. They learned later what was going on. At that point, they had no idea. Uh, the The doctor in Duluth, as well as the doctor in Eye Falls, they thought it was like a miracle that I was alive getting in that helicopter. Obviously not by myself. That was done by the professionals to get me there. To be alive after that. They thought it was a miracle, and they thought that that would be the only thing that would ever happen like that again. So during that time, again, the, the 40 days there, and then pretty grateful for Father Rich with his support to get me to, uh, to go to Mass in the hospital in the room I was in. Every day. To receive communion. Yeah. And then eventually, kind of going back to the same rectory I was living for two years when I was with him as the pastor there. Yeah, that was terrible. That was one of the tougher times of my priesthood. Probably indeed. So did you grow up running your whole life? The marathons? Yeah, I was a runner. My parents are both health education teachers. So I absolutely learned. I loved to run okay. around the house, just running around the house, small stuff. And then throughout the years, just going through going through track and field, eventually in St. Scholastica as, as a cross country, eventually getting into triathlons so forth. Than loving running. Dramas. So the, the amazing thing, uh, the one of the there's so many amazing parts of your story. We should have you on for an mm-hmm. hour, not a half hour. But you know, you you had this stroke immediately after this triathlon up in International Falls, in which you took second place. Right. You have this massive stroke. Right. Yeah. You're in the hospital for 40 days. That's the hospital. That's not even counting rehab. Correct. Correct. And then you go on for rehab for months after yep. that. Correct. The next year. That same triathlon, what happens? I won it. Yeah, oh, <laughs> that incredible. Yeah, that is incredible. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that goes to show the the absolute resilience of uh, mm-hmm. of Father Ben and you know, your drive. You know your incredible drive, and mm-hmm. so yeah, thank you. You know, you win again. You so you you get the stroke. You come back a year later after having climbed Mount Everest three times. It seems right. like mm-hmm. then you win that um, uh, triathlon. And then you're you're back. You're pastor. Your mm-hmm. things are going well. Obviously, there's residual effects from the stroke, as there always Correct. are. But you're back on your uh, feet. You're mm-hmm. you're being the the priest up in International Falls, and then. And then last September is mm-hmm. that correct? correct? So yeah. how many years went by between your first stroke and last September? Oh, there was a good five and a half years, I'd say. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. And so then in September, 
of, a, of just this last year, you're right. up in International Falls, Correct. then what, what happens? I went for a short jog. It was the, actually the last time running the marathon, Grandma's Marathon. Obviously, it wasn't the race itself. It was a, a time off of that up in oh, because Falls. Oh, because of COVID. Because of COVID, right, yeah. Okay. So I did that in Duluth very slowly to do the kind of the perspective of the virtual, if you will, right. what they called it. Yep. So I was doing that. So it was a, a couple of weeks after that, about maybe two and a half months later, I was doing a small jog in the evening in International Falls. And halfway through it, I noticed my left foot, my left hand was very, it was kind of sh- uh, shaking a bit. I realized something was not going well. I always, since my first stroke, I always brought a, a cell phone. Because usually some water liquid to stay enough uh, liquid in me to keep mm-hmm. going. I should have just called and asked for help for the ambulance instead of, of course, you're who stubborn. I'm more you're stubborn. Stubborn, yep, very yep, much so. Yep. So I just turned around to get down to the re- rectory. Realized my hand was still shaking. So a good friend of mine, uh, his name is Nick Davidson, he gave me a ride to the hospital, the same spot, the same hospital. I got an, uh, uh, elec- uh, the helicopter gave me another ride that evening, about September 20th. Landed in Duluth, uh, St. Mary's, stayed there overnight. At that point, my contact, my brain was not going well. Eventually got a ride at an ambulance down to Mayo uh, during that week. And then that would be the second uh, brain surgery to see what was going on in my brain. They ended up figuring out what happened, the first one, and then this the second. It's called aphasia, and then uh, uh, amyloid, with the brain that has, like, a protein in the brain. And so that is what is hacked, that what happened. And so they were kind of figuring out what it is, what to do, and so forth. So then I spent the next time was a good 30, 36, 38 days in, in Mayo, and then about 87 days in Courage Kenny for the recovery of that. So... So your first stroke really affected your ability to speak, Correct. communicate, and to aphasia, read, yep. right? But then your second stroke really affected your mobility, right? Correct. Okay, yep. so they're totally different. So totally now, different. Now, the one thing that you, you gleaned over for some reason, I don't know why you didn't talk about this with your second stroke, is that in the middle of the night, your family called me to go and anoint you, Correct. and I gave you the apostolic part. You got the correct one. Yes, yeah, yeah. The correct one. And so, <laughs> and so, so I thought to myself, okay, I, I'm going to anoint him a second time. I better darn well get this straight, oh, because yeah. I knew yeah, that right. it was going to come back to haunt me yeah, otherwise. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, I mean, I was, it was like, it was probably around one o'clock right. at night, yeah, in the morning, right. that I um, came into the ICU unit, and it was mm-hmm. COVID, so it was really strict at that yeah, time, and, big time. and uh, to go there and uh, not knowing what I was going to expect from you, and and how you were, but to, to anoint you for a second time, mm-hmm. but this time to give and you this the was at, at Mail, down at no, Mail? No, 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 no. This was, a, this was International Falls. High Falls, the, okay. The event took place. Oh, okay. Yeah, they, got the Mayo for Before the you went to Mayo. Yeah. They helicoptered him down to St. Mary's. Yeah. yeah. And I, so I anointed him at St. Yeah, Mary's. St. Mary's, okay. Correct, All right. yeah. I thought it was afterwards. Right. So with the surgery, um, what did they do with the surgery? What was it? Corrective? Was it removal of something? What was the surgery for, you know, outcome of it? Uh, just recovery with the... Uh, the brain in or the amyloid in the brain to deal with that okay. going through this surgery. Yep, the biopsy to give a diagnosis of what was going on. Okay, got it. Yes. Got it. So we've been talking to Father Ben Hatterich here of the Diocese of Duluth, Minnesota, and uh, I'm Father Richard Kuntz from the Diocese of Duluth, along with Deacon John Foucault, and we are coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth, as I've said three times, and we are going to have a little bit of a break, and we'll continue this conversation with Father Ben uh, in just a few moments. Stay with us. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.
Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together toward success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. And uh, I remember when uh, they came around looking for donations at the churches when they were trying to get started. And it really hit me when, I don't even remember who it was, came around, but it was just like, I think that I need this. Because I wanted to be, be fed uh, I wasn't taking time to read my Bible or any of that, but I just knew it was like, well, if I could listen to stuff on the radio like he talked about. And so it, it was everything that it said and more, you yeah. know, in all reality. So it doesn't take a lot of effort to turn it on. It does not take a lot of effort. You know, sometimes, really, it, I'm going to back up on that and say it, it, it almost does, because if you want to be drawn in and contemplate what is all being said on the radio, there's a lot of stuff that gets kind of deep. It's like, well, it makes you contemplate. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, okay, am I, am I ready to, to take this food in and digest it and all that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, spiritual food. So, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been really good for me from, from my faith walk. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. This is Father Richard Kuntz along with Deacon John Foucault coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth on Real Presence Live. We've been talking to Father Ben Hatterch, a good friend of mine, a priest of the Diocese of Duluth, and uh, his story of his priesthood and the the challenges that come with that and the strokes that he has had. And I, obviously, as a man of faith as you are, Father Ben, and I have known you for a long time, uh, how to, have you brought faith into these, uh, these setbacks that you've had? How has faith been a part that's of that? A good, that's a great question. I remember the first stroke. It was kind of, again, most people thought it was like a miracle to be alive. Also thinking they would never have, that I would never have that same issue. And I remember one of the thoughts that I had was getting back with faith, with, again, receiving communion in the in the hospital room of mine with from Father Rich, and thank you on that big time. And then going through the process of a, the aphasia program, which was on the first stroke, and then going to Maple Grove for a program, a four-week program called just the strength of, against and learning how to go against aphasia itself, which is a big-time challenge with speaking, writing, listening, so forth. And then by the end of that, getting back to work up in I Falls after my about eight weeks, and I was back to work, which is so grateful for that. And then kind of the thought in my mind was that really the stroke of gratitude really brought me away from what I was doing the best I could as a priest in a whole different way of suffering and a way with that to suffer with other people and serve other people during that time. And that was a great time to go through that process. Again, the stroke of gratitude. I actually wrote almost the whole part of a book for that one stroke. 
Then after the second stroke, then it kind of changed from just a stroke of gratitude to strokes of gratitude on the second one. So I'm excited trying to figure out the ways to put that all together, either in one book or a few books, a couple books. So yeah, you're just you're a bit of an book. author. Yes, I, lo- I love writing. So you really so you do. before you had a stroke, you wrote correct. a book, right? Yep, correct. So yep. speak a little bit to yeah, that. Maybe. And that one, there's about 75 pages that I'm kind of discerning. It's with a friend right now to being edited. It. it but I'm talking about the first book, though. Yeah. First book, yes. Yeah. The first book. Oh yeah, the, the first, the very first book, <laughs> was about my vocation story. Mm. So that was a story about my vocation story. Mm-hmm. So that is on Amazon. You can probably check it out there. They just Google your name, right? Yep. Father okay. Ben Hadrich. Okay, yep. all right. Vocation story, something like that. And that was a really great time. And I did that at the very end of seminary, towards mm-hmm. the priestly life. Yeah, which I was able to write that. When I was ordained a priest and then serving at St. John's in Duluth with Father Rich. Yeah, so well, now, yeah go ahead. Now, now one is in process for Correct. the life of the strokes. And, and and your faith base with right. that and and priestly ministry and so forth. Great. Yeah, that's a great question too and comment because now the first time I did it I was literally on a retreat that I almost finished the whole book about the first strokes, a stroke of gratitude. And then of course this stroke, the second stroke, hit the it's it's kind of the right hemisphere of my brain, so that triggers a lot of challenges because my left leg, left arm, left wrist is very hard to try to write. And so eventually I was able to figure out with my mother and a, a brilliant man with a business, and I'm not sure where they actually exist, but they do a lot of technology with, for instance, a computer keyboard. Because at one point, I can only type with my right hand. I can't type it with my left hand. So they asked me, you know, because they're curious about those. And I looked on the Internet, how do you find a keyboard with one hand? And a lot of it is from people that are gamers, if you will. Oh, sure. But then they can type with one hand. Or, and really, they're gamers, so against video games and mm-hmm. game games. And they're trying to text their friends or family members while they're playing a game at the same time. Or on my side is totally different when I'm trying to figure out how to type, period. And so this guy was so brilliant when we looked up with him and figured it out how they have programmed a keyboard. And his question was, Has I ever ta- have, I, have, have I ever typed well before? And I typed a lot. As a kid, my mom was a teacher with that, typing and so forth. And then going through, again, St. Scholastica, and then eventually St. John Vianney. And then St. Paul Seminary, with all the things I needed to do for writing for that stuff, philosophy, theology. And then eventually as a priest, I loved writing the bulletins. I loved writing, and that's what I wrote, the first book I wrote about. And then second, so now, um, praise God, we have this great opportunity with a, a new type of keyboard, which looks like a normal keyboard. And so that was a question from this individual, a great businessman. And they don't, they're not on a non-profit Thing like that, but they were able to literally program that keyboard, and so he just said, after he asked if I'd ever written before, and I said yes, very much so, and I love writing, and especially then as a Catholic priest, and so he basically just said, well, Father Ben, we have a program that if you use your right thumb and you hit the space bar, all the letters you can see it. So sometimes in my vision at first, you're going to see this like a video game type of thing. Actually, a little letter on the upper right side of that key on the right side of the keyboard. So if I hit that space bar with my right thumb, 
then if I put my fingers down, you see it on the literally on the right side mm-hmm. with like the J so forth. And you're just kind of learning wow. that new learning keyboard. It, learning yeah. the keyboard, and I've been typing a bit with that one-handed yeah. stuff. Maybe, maybe. So that J is then an A. Okay. Wow. So I can then type for both sides of a keyboard, and my the brain has that mirror right. of thinking about what what it is. And now it's like a practice to learn right, how right. to do one-handed that's, typing. That's fantastic. Maybe mm-hmm. uh, one thing that we haven't uh, talked on yet is that sure. just speak a little bit in regards to what your rehab looks like right now. Because obviously, I mean, Correct. you're not you're not where you were before the first Correct. stroke or the second yeah, yeah. stroke. I mean, where are you now and what's rehab looking like? Right now, it's uh, three types. Uh, I'd say there's speech therapy, physical therapy, and occupational therapy. Okay. And the focus now of speech therapy is, all, is beautiful in one way because now I can shift it over. Because I was able, when I got back to Duluth, they allowed me to live in the St. Mary Star of the Sea Rectory. Yep. And serving now Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday to hear confessions, mm-hmm. which is so powerful for me that the first time I did that, hearing confessions and offering permission and forgiving sins and be with and walking with brothers and sisters, and especially those that are suffering, which typically happens when you hear confessions. And I, it was just uh, it's unbelievable feeling the neurons of the brain when I'm hearing confessions and then able to absolute confession that's unbelievable. That's yeah. better speech therapy for me than right, actually right. speech therapy. Because you're acting in your ministry. It's your call for It's your vocation. Exactly. So you're able to carry out your vocation despite exactly. the strokes. Indeed with that. And you're back praying the Mass as well? Yes. I've had different opportunities to do a, a Mass for other people. So obviously I'm at a point now where I'm talking and speaking at some homilies here. There Are they still masses. long and boring like they used to be? Never were. Never <laughs> oh, okay, were again. Right, okay. All right. <laughs> really good. Nice. Great homilies coming up. Yes. I'll have a great time eventually to go back up to International Falls to offer a mass and preach to them. And I think that's those small steps forward are so powerful for me and beautiful to be able to know that that suffering again, that strokes of gratitude can occur from the suffering of the brain, body, mind, and soul, and then bringing into the priestly life to those that are brothers and sisters following Jesus Christ, especially as as Catholics to go to confessions and receiving the sacraments of their lives. To just walk with them again is amazing. So we have five minutes left. There's two areas I like to touch sure, on of for sure. Is the first. The big milestone was huge for you, and it was a beautiful article Indeed. in the paper in regards to the 5K and the grand. They did a really great job with that. Talk to us a little bit about your desire, your motivation, and what right. it felt like to be able well, to participate. Let in me just time. back up a little yep. bit. So you ran 20 marathons, oh, yeah, grandma's in a row. In a row. Right. Yeah. And right. What, what was your best time? Just so this full 26 two, marathon. Two hours, 58 minutes. No, so wow. 258 was your best Ironically, time. I never could run that fast race. As a priest, I was a deacon. Oh, and you got that? was that? the only time I got my two... Best races. Okay, two years in a row as a deacon. Yeah, and so but not know, as a priest. For those for people that are for people that are uh, listening that don't know what marathons, that's that's a pretty darn good. That's a six fifty two yes. pace. Yeah, that's a pretty incredible. And pretty so that's nice. why I've always said you're borderline uh, an elite runner. Yeah. And so twenty marathons in a row, great athlete, and now twenty twenty one. Did a different type of a marathon. Yeah. Very different marathon. I was able to walk. Some good people I know. There's a guy, uh, Brett, is a great friend of mine now that helps me. And many other people, brothers and sisters, that support with me and for me. So I was able to do a 5K, typically the night before the half and full marathon for Grandma's Marathon stuff. It was just amazing just to be able to walk. My best time for the marathon many years ago, again, twice, was in 2011 and 2012 at 2.58 for a 26.2-mile race. 
And then this year is the new type of marathon was a 5K to be able to walk the whole place. That was a good two hours, 29 minutes. So you beat it. It's your new PR, right? Different timing, yeah. Different distance. Different distance. But you did. I mean, after, so your first stroke didn't affect your mobility much. Correct. This one's totally affected your mobility. So so to be able to, to do that 5K, Right. Uh, is a is is as big of a deal as running the marathon. Correct. Bigger considering way. considering yeah, yeah. what you're you've endured. Yeah. You know? Thank you. Very grateful for that. It was an honor and a great gift, great evening to do that. Yeah. So we have just a few minutes left, but mm-hmm. there, there's a, an area I like to cover is so important for our listeners. What advice or encouragement could you give to others, not only as a priest but a person suffering two strokes, mm-hmm. but also as a priest suffering two strokes and setbacks? Right. What advice can you give to them and encouragement to right. to look deeper into their faith and to to continue to carry on and go Correct. forward as you have? Well, I'll be quite honest. Like I've shared with a lot of people that when I was in, because it was during the COVID stuff, so Mayo, Courage Kenny, you're talking like two months, three months. Lot of, uh, a lot of time being lonely. You're isolated. Depressed. Yes, yes. Very depressed. And first, I think again about the Bible. It's a famous, the my favorite thing to read ever and still do today. And I think one of the thoughts was what Jesus Christ said to his father, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? I think that's a great verse from Psalm 22.1. I'd recommend that, as well as Job, great book, Old Testament. As well as just the times of uh, finding the prophets, and so forth, and to know how much God loves us and how much God loves me. Although I did feel like, and I was hoping in some ways, in that that was my purgatory time here on earth. <laughs> oh no, you've got a lot more coming, buddy. <laughs> you have a lot more coming. <laughs> Possibly on that one. Indeed, the great thing I know a lot of my brothers as priests, because I talk to them when I'm suffering or anxious or frustrated. And just to think how how much I would grow with gratitude again, because that was some tough time, tough time for a lot of people around the world with loneliness during mm-hmm. the COVID stuff. And then, yeah, it's so truthful that some many of them said, "Well, Father Ben, once you get back in Duluth area, the diocese of Duluth, uh, you'll be getting back to joyfulness and happiness." It's true. It's so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was so, one of those priests. I kept saying indeed, that to you. Yes, yeah. you did. Yeah, you did often. Yeah, yeah. very blessed. And I thank you again as a pastor and then as a good friend. Yeah. Especially during the suffering time. Yeah. Well, Father Ben, you've been a, a, a model for anybody that knows you that uh, to get through adversity. And so I want to thank you for your priesthood and for your friendship. And thank you for being on Real Presence Live. Thank you. It's yeah. an honor to be here today. And yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll have you back because there's so much more to your story. And so uh, uh, stay tuned, folks. We'll have Father Ben Hatterch on a, on a later date. But uh, until then, we'll uh, um, thank him for being here. And after this break, we'll have an opportunity to, to have a conversation with the new bishop of the Diocese of Bishop Daniel Felton, shortly after this break. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 